Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, Eden, and Claire talking about our one cool suffrage thing. All right. I have some really cool ladies to talk about that the ladies have already talked about and I'm going to nail it. Yes. We already had Eden talk about Frances Harper. We had Claire talk about the Statue of Liberty protest in Matilda Gage. Bonnie was able to showcase many different suffragists while she talked about suffragists on the move. They took planes, wait, yes, planes. Yes. They took planes, trains, automobiles. They walked and maybe even bicycled all around the country to secure the right to vote. Brilliant. It is brilliant, isn't it? (laughs) Before we jump into our next one cool thing, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. Um, So my question for you ladies is, do you think, we take it for granted, our right to vote. Do you think that we've forgotten the struggle it took to get to this point? Um, do you feel like people still appreciate it? I know it took me a while just to appreciate it. I mean, I, I I know like the first, probably the first or second time I was voting, I really just was like, oh, I should do this. Um, but when I learned more about it and learned more about it on my own, uh, learned because the school bit is like, oh, people worked really hard for the vote, but it's the ugliness that I think you need to know. Um, yeah. People died for it. I mean, people were in prison for it. People went on hunger strike for it. I mean, I think you need to know just how hard fought it was um, and how ugly it was to to appreciate it more, and that it's still not all copacetic. <laughs> I agree. I think that um, I, I, I have voted in every presidential election since the first presidential election I was able to vote in. Um, I didn't all, and I also voted uh, on election day during all of the non-presidential years. And uh, in the last I voted in primaries as well, particularly during presidential election years. Yeah. Um, but I know people who are like, oh, the vote doesn't count. Or, you know, like my vote won't count out of, you know, because Indiana tends to vote blah, blah, blah. Or right. my state tends to vote blah, blah, blah. You know, so they just figure, well, you know, my state always ends up Republican or my state always ends up Democrat you know, or whatever. And I'm just like, still I think it, yes. And I think mm-hmm. it wasn't until, um, Gore versus George Bush Jr. Younger. Hanging Chad. Yes. Hanging <laughs> Chad thing. That's yeah. I think when people realized, and that was what, the 2000 election? Yeah. I think that was when people realized, oh, maybe your vote actually does count. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to those, you know, those few numbers. Yeah, it was yeah. close. Was like, like three votes or something like that? Yeah, in Florida? Something, yeah. yeah. It's always Florida. <laughs> weird, weird. I'm going to voted off the island. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Yeah, Survivor style. 
Yeah, it is really frustrating to hear like my friends talk about I'm not voting because my vote won't matter or the I'm so tired of politics. It's like, no, this matters. And right. if your candidate doesn't win, well, then you have the right to complain about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to be in it to win it. So, you know, <laughs> yes. And especially with the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, it's like you have to vote. And hopefully that gets people registered and they do their voting by mail if they're possible, right. because it's a big anniversary. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that sets the stage so they keep voting in subsequent elections. Yeah, right. exactly. Oh, and that does remind me that something that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, uh, I went and visited Susan B. Anthony's grave, and it was not an election year, but it was still covered with I voted stickers on her grave. People would save them knowing they would come and see her gravestone and leave it as tribute, um, you know, in an election year. Oh my goodness, like on election day, there's a line <laughs> yeah. of putting your stickers on her on her grave. And I think that's, um, that's, that's a legacy. You know what I mean? That's like, mm -hmm. okay, all right, the sticker I give to you because you didn't get to vote. And um, she's one of many, but you know, She's on a coin, so, you know. <laughs> so we remember, at least we know her name. Do you think we take for granted how hard uh, for the vote it has, it has been? It yeah, is. I mean, they don't really like teach it all that well in school. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, yeah, in America, everybody is free. And it's like, not really. We not still always. have issues today. And when the last elections, they were having issues with, um, uh, Native Americans on yeah. the reservation, they were trying to deny them voting because their address was a P.O. box, and they're like, no, you can't just do a P.O. box. It's like, right. no, and they still tried to do, um, oh, what do they keep calling it? Pretty much like, like a ballot tax, we're trying to get oh, people tax. to, um, you tax, have to have yeah. this, this bullshit of voter fraud mm -hmm. because you need an ID to vote but there there are a lot of folks that just like they don't drive they don't have a driver's license right. and it's it's a big pain in the ass for them to get down to the bmv to just get like a state issue id mm -hmm. which i think usually costs you money and not everyone has that income yeah it's the same right. amount of money as a driver's license yeah <sighs> Mm -hmm. No, it's just, I mean, if it was, like, free, and if they just, right. like, mailed it to you, like, fine. Mm -hmm. But no, like, not everyone is privileged. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They're yeah. making it harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And usually it's in uh, states where uh, the Republicans want to suppress votes, because yeah. the less people vote, the more likely they vote Republicans. Mm -hmm. oh, did you guys see the Trump tweet of the day <sighs> about potentially yeah. delaying we the election mm -hmm. until COVID's mm -hmm. over? Mm -hmm. But we can yeah. all send our kids back to school right away, and that's important. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Those kids can't vote. Right time to vote. We but gotta I'm let all sure. his buddies out of jail because of COVID, but it's fine to send your school kids to school. <laughs> But it's, isn't it written into, written into the Constitution on election day and voting? So you can't just say... I don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't have the power to change it. It would have to pass through um, the House and the Senate, and that's, that's not going to happen. 
I, I think it's just a ploy to get people to be like, oh, they were going to cancel it anyway. I'm just not going to vote. Like giving people yeah. another to be like, I don't have to remember that now. And it's like, no, 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 no. Stay plugged in. Stay plugged no, in. No, <laughs> he was afraid of my long hashtag. Oh, yes, absolutely. terrified of your So hashtag. my friend Claire can paint <laughs> yes. his presidential portrait. Yeah. <laughs> terrified. He saw it on the internet. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then all the stuff with the, the post office may end up mm. delaying the ballots. So I would say if you're planning to mail by vote, I would fill that out the oh, day yeah, right you away. get it. You get it months it ahead. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't it make the real voting deadline now October 20th at the it's latest? Because yeah, you right. have to prepare at least two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, uh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to get my, I'm going to send away for mine in September. Mm-hmm. And make sure it's mailed by like the first of October. Right. Exactly. Yep. It's a good way to do it. Because <laughs> yeah. especially if we're on any kind of like second lockdown, second thing, yes. get them in, get that vote in priority. <laughs> and then they were talking about, I think for New York was having trouble like counting all of them or something. So now they're trying to be like, well, we can't count all these absentee ballots. And I'm like, sure. you they count all these ballots anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. They'll it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's the slip of paper you put in the machine right. or it's a ma- like, they still need to be counted. Yeah. And if you already you know still you have issues, it just causes, yeah, exactly. I think it's just to you cause confusion time. and to cause the, oh, I don't need to. It's so people yeah. don't vote. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Katie, we totally have de- derailed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome into discussion. important politicsness, which the end result is go freaking vote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think people don't see how impactful their vote is. And I watched the same special Bonnie did on PBS, The mm-hmm. Vote. Um, and they were talking about how it was really important to women because they saw that it not only gave them um, power to choose who represents them, um, but without the uh, being able to vote, you couldn't be on a court, so you couldn't be on a jury, mm-hmm. um, so you couldn't play into policy in that kind of way, yeah. um, and, and lots of other things in between. Yeah, yeah, you you just, it is your power, so use it, right? <laughs> exactly. It's That's kind of a use it or lose it scenario, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Do your civic duty. You have just a couple of jobs. <laughs> well, I'm all like talking this up right now. But I have to say the reason that I chose my woman for my one cool thing is because she's probably the opposite of me because ah. she's so bold. She's so aggressive. She's so determined. Um, I'm going to be talking about Alice Paul. And she was really considered um, pretty extreme in the world of suffrage and in the different like clubs the women's ha- women had um, to mm-hmm. organize and to go after the vote. Um, she was kind of on the fringes or at least in her own little area because a lot of other women didn't want to be associated with her methods for how she was trying to win the vote. Um, and I know just for myself, I'm always like, I don't know, maybe not the bravest. I don't want to inconvenience people or stuff like that. So I was really inspired by Alice's Paul's determination. And she's like, um, you know, if it offends you, tough right (laughs) i like it like this is my mission this is what has to happen this is the right thing to happen and you know i'm gonna make it happen Mm -hmm. um but anyway she was born in jersey she's a jersey girl jersey into it (laughs) 
everything is legal in New Jersey. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so she was born in the late 1800s in 1885, um, and she was born into a Quaker family. Um, and I don't know that much about the Quaker religion, but I do know in the documentary we're talking about the vote, um, they said that in the Quaker religion, they really believed in equality mm -hmm. between people. Um, and that really laid the foundation of her viewpoint of the world. Um, and then she also, her mother was active in the suffrage. She was in the National American Women's Suffrage Association, and she would take Alice with her to meetings. Ah. So even in her, like, impressionable youth, um, she was being exposed to this idea. Um, and she was also in a family where education was important, which is awesome. Um, and she had lots of cool opportunities. She has like more degrees than I think I have time to list <laughs> nice. like 10 or 20 minutes, but she ended up going all the way to the PhD level. She has a PhD in sociology. She has a law degree. I think she has multiple law degrees. Um, so she was a very serious minded, determined young woman. Um, very cool. So after she went to college, she spent some time doing social work, um, but her thoughts on social work aren't going to be popular with people whose life uh, dedication is social work because she really didn't think that that was a great vehicle for making change happen. So, yeah, I know, right? There's a quote in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, she literally said, like, I decided I didn't want to be a social worker because social workers weren't doing much good in the world. <laughs> Well, you know, we ain't all perfect. <laughs> some must are short-sighted in some areas. <laughs> well, and I, I think that I understand why she said that. Um, but I think that's because social works, workers at that time were so limited in what they had the opportunity to do. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. and they the were science limited. wasn't there, yeah. And they were limited um, because of, you know, the lack of rights for women. Mm -hmm. So women were very much their men's property. So if you're a woman social worker, how much good can you do for another woman when everything has to be determined by a man? It's, you know, what will men give us and what are we allowed to do? So um, she really decided that her best avenue was to change policy, gotcha. was to get women the vote. So um, after she spent some time doing her social work, she went over to England um, to spend more time studying. Let's see. I'm like getting all excited and talking, so I don't know where I am with my life. <laughs> You're like, where did my papers go? Yeah, it like, happens to the best of us. <laughs> I was gonna tell you what she was um, studying in England. Oh, economics. Ah, okay. So her original degree is biology, and now she's into economics and political science and sociology. Oh, um, wow. So she's there studying in England, and she goes to see Christabel, Christabel Pankhurst speak. Ah, I and know the Pankhurst. Pankhurst, yeah. She really um, defines it as a very transitional moment for her. Um, she was so inspired by what Christabel was saying and what they wanted to accomplish, her and her mom, Emmeline. Uh-oh, there's a cat fight. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how we roll. <laughs> um, 
So she was so inspired by this speech that she decided she wanted to join them in their movement. Um, and she spent a lot of her time while she was in England helping them um, with their cause. And she even traveled with them to Scotland to expand um, what they were doing up into Scotland as well. Um, and then I don't know if you guys, well, I know you guys do, but our <laughs> listening audience <laughs> may not be aware um, of the suffragists in um, England that they were considered much more aggressive and militant. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they said things on fire. <laughs> they were throwing rocks yes. through windows, were setting fires. Yeah. They were planning on kidnapping, like, uh, par- parliament members and stuff like that. Slapping like, police officers. Yes. Yes. So she very much um, trained from these ladies. Those were her, like, inspirations and role models. Um, Some of the stories about the things she did while she was in England are super amazing. Um, Like, she spent a whole night camped out on the roof of a building so she could get in there to um, interrupt a speech. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, no, she addressed the crowd below. It was. um, But she was up on the roof to, oh, okay, gotcha. Address them, Yes. Um, and then she also um, disguised herself as a cleaning woman and entered um, a banquet just so she could yell votes for women and throw rocks through windows. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you may not be surprised to know that she went to jail many times. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was arrested and she spent time in jail. Um, She also learned techniques while she was in England um, about how to protest still while in jail. And Mm. one of those was to go on a hunger strike and refuse to eat. Yes. Those got gross after a while, though. Ooh. Yeah. Well, at first, they were letting the women go pretty quickly if they refused to eat because nobody wants any dead ladies on their hands. Mm -hmm. For the most part, unless you... (laughs) Kind of. Depends. But really, um, even though this was a long-fought battle, the suffragists had a lot of attention, mm-hmm. both in the United States and in England. Like, people were paying attention. They were interested. Um, so they had a lot of press coverage. So the mm-hmm. press was reporting on what happened to these women while they were in jail. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, they, the press was very much against what was happening because um, Alice Paul refused to dress in prison clothing. They wanted her to disrobe from her own clothing, put on prison clothing, um, and she refused. And the women couldn't make her do it, so they called in the male guards to strip her of her clothes and put her in her prison outfit. And so this was reported in the press, and there was a huge uproar about how inappropriate that was. Right. That sounds like she plotted that shit to me. <laughs> like, bring the men, because I'm going to have this in the press tomorrow. <laughs> well, part of that is with, um, they wanted to keep their clothes because they consider themselves political prisoners. And when mm. the men were held as political prisoners they were allowed certain rights like to keep their street clothes Ah. on and to write uh, letters and all that they got newspapers i think a better quality of food um they Ah. weren't even searched Ah. oh really the political prisoners usually yeah so there were a lot of rights that political prisoners had um and england and other parts of europe recognized political prisoners uh guess what the united states never has really Mm. (laughs) 
imagine that. What a thunkin. So that, that's not a thing when she comes back to the United States to start her movement. Um, but yeah, that was part of the reason they took the tactics and did the tactics they did while they were in jail in England. To prove a point, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And so her very last time being jailed was her longest time in jail, and it was for a full month. When she went on her hunger strike, instead of releasing her, they decided to force feed her. Yeah. Um, so that would really involve putting a tube down her throat or through her nostrils. Um, and then they would give her a mixture of milk and raw eggs. Yeah. For so her gross. own good to keep her well. <laughs> yeah. So that was the part where I was just like, mm. <laughs> Right. Ow. Right. Yeah. So after a month of having this done two times a day, um, when she left the prison, um, she had severe gastroenteritis, I think was what it was called. I mean, that makes sense. I yeah. Guess. I make up my own medical terms all the time. I'm like, <laughs> add some itises and some, <laughs> some gas. So that means she was like lactose intolerant? I mean, if, um, they're, if, oh. they're, if they're sending eggs and egg, uncooked right. eggs and milk, and you're lactose intolerant. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh. Right. Well, she said, it says gastritis. So I, I would imagine that's like an inflammation in the stomach and the intestines. And yeah, I mean, I would have also The road's probably not doing too good. Oh, yeah, the whole mm. GI and the, yeah. Mm, so yeah. anyway, it was um, a lifelong issue for her. Oh, um, God, yeah. Her health was permanently damaged due to this, and she would often develop colds in the flu and sometimes require hospitalization because her just her immunity and her health was so compromised by this experience. Wow. So after she spent that month in prison, um, she decided to come back to the United States um, so she could continue to recover. Um, okay, and this is like, this is a little turnaround, but I have to say the one thought that popped into my head was, I don't know if I could physically suffer for my cause. That's right, yeah, if that was the hill you would die on, yeah. But I'm like, maybe like if I was in it and I was focused, Mm -hmm. but just thinking about submitting to that, I don't know. Do you think you guys could do that? That one's a bad one. Like, it's one thing to take like, do like maybe like tear gas or rubber bullet, but that is, that is in your nose like in your right. body and they yeah. twice a day down like she talked yeah. about she was she was like crying the whole time like mm-hmm. it's just silent and i'm sure they didn't like lube it up or anything either like <laughs> right right yeah. yeah exactly yeah it's tough it's one of those things where everybody's got a different hill that they will yeah. die on and if that's your cause that's what you take and that's you know what i mean that you you know that's par for the course you know that's where you're heading um i don't think it would be the hill for me but i needed other people to do it you know what i'm saying so like yeah. i could be grateful <laughs> right it's tough though yeah i found myself like the last couple of days just kind of contemplating that i'm like how where could I go? How, where's that line for me? And yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Exactly. Um, but they talked about that in the vote. Um, I'm sure Bonnie remembers. And did you watch all of it, Leah? No, I didn't get a chance to. I okay. did watch some other documentaries. Though. <laughs> <laughs> You're always on it. I put it in the show. I know. I'll put it in the show. <laughs> they, they really talked about um, how her organization National Women's Party, yes. The National Women's Party was such a good foil for the NS or NAWSA 
um, because they seemed radical, which made the other women's suffrage group look uh, reasonable. Right. <laughs> so before when we had one suffrage group or, you know, a few that were not trying these extreme tactics, um, they were like the crazy ones. Like, why would we give women the right to vote? That's a pretty crazy idea, guys. Mm. But then when we have somebody being more extreme and pushing the envelope, they become the radical theory, right. the radical part of this. Um, yeah. And it, it really kind of opens up doors for the other organizations. So you kind of get a hard and a soft, you know what I mean? Example of what it can be. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so she came back to the United States um, and she was in her early 20s still. And she came back knowing that suffrage was going to be her life's work and her mission. Um, and she actually was really well known already in the United States. Newspapers oh. covering what she'd been doing in England. So when she arrived on her ship, there were newspapers and I want to say cameras because that sounds really great, but I would assume so. Right. Pin types, which I think pretty lady looked very severe and serious <laughs> in a lot of her pictures. In tin types, yeah. She did look very stern. She had a stern look. She didn't give me nightmares like Susan B does, but she does no, look stern. She usually, like I noticed in her photos, you can see like bags under her eyes. Like she is... She working it mm-hmm. she did so many things um like bonnie was telling you when she first came back she joined the national american women's suffrage association mm-hmm. which at that point was very much focused on getting the right to vote in individual states yeah that was yeah. The strategy we're just going to go around to each state and get secure the right to vote um and she came back and she wanted them to work on a national um amendment yeah amendment yeah mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, where her focus was. So she did, um, organize the 1913, um, procession that Bonnie talked about the Mm -hmm. big giant parade before Wilson entered office, Mm -hmm. um, which was a brilliant start to his time in Washington, DC. Cause over the eight years he spent there, I think that Alice Paul was a huge thorn in his side. Yeah. I think she drove him crazy throughout his presidency. Didn't he call them the lady with the banners? (laughs) Those damn ladies with banners. (laughs) Well, after the parade, um, the NAWSA really ended up breaking ties with Alice because they thought she was too extreme. um, And what she wanted to do was too out there. So that's when she um, started her own National Women's Party. Uh, and some of the tactics they employed um, really mirrored the stuff in England. Um, like they were the silent sentinels. Have you guys heard about that group that was standing mm-hmm. in front of the White House um, mm-hmm. with their posters and their signs? And every month they stood there and protested, their signs got more extreme. Mm-hmm. Like once we entered World War I, there was one talking about calling Wilson Kaiser Wilson. and yeah yeah, so seeing him with the germans because he's saying that um the united states has liberty and democracy but they're saying half of the country doesn't have these rights right so that's awkward (laughs) (laughs) her um sorry we have like a dog circling thing going on Yeah, the dog has the shoe. Of course. Of course, Daggy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's okay. Um, so as their signs got more inflammatory, um, Wilson got annoyed. Like, he thought right. they were kind of 
Um, so they started arresting the ladies, saying that they were, like, blocking the street or the sidewalk or something like that. Um, and they were throwing them um, into jail. And it was very much like what happened in England. Um, they were treated extremely poorly. Um, if they went on hunger strikes, they were force fed. Um, and they started out, they would get maybe a week in prison. And then by the end, towards the end of the silent sentinels, they were getting sentences like seven months. And gotcha. they were going to um, the workhouse that Bonnie was talking about wanting to visit, the Gonquin. Yeah. Gonquin workhouse and really terrible conditions for them. So they all really like, they very much sacrificed and suffered for these rights. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, I think one of the saddest things I felt like in the documentary The Vote was knowing that Alice Paul wasn't in Tennessee when the last state ratified yeah. um, the amendment. Um, but she got word right away. Um, and then as soon as she got word of it, she was on to her next project. Oh, look at that. See. I think you can see that from her single-minded determination. So mm -hmm. she lived a long life. She lived till 92 years old. Wow. wow. Yes. And she spent all of her life working for women's rights. Huh. Um, after women secured the vote, um, she started working on the Equal Rights Amendment. Have you guys heard of that? Yes! Yeah. We still need it! <laughs> I was going to say, he helped write it. Nice. And it still has no oh. 19 yeah what was it what year um no it was early after 1920 yeah when they Congrats started putting it together yeah to try to get the era passed Phyllis <laughs> so the era wasn't covered in the documentary um that we've been talking about the vote but the gals guide library has a book about alice paul yes and I haven't had time to read it, but I totally am because I really want to learn more about her thoughts behind the Equal Rights Amendment mm -hmm. um, and her inspiration for drafting it and her part in trying to get it passed. Yeah, absolutely. And then a good, um, I would say, if you like a mini series that is available on Hulu, um, okay. Mrs. America is about the ERA. It will piss you off in the right way because it is about the witch known as Phyllis Schlafly. But it's also about Gloria Steinem and Bella Abzug um, and many others. Shirley Chisholm is in it. Um, and, but it's after Alice Paul, it's what happened in the seventies of trying to get the ERA passed because it is complicated, but it is important history. So yeah. Yeah. I definitely will check that out. It's good. Alice Paul, a good one. It's, it's a movie. I know like some people are like, don't like it because they don't think it's very, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, the Iron Jawed Angels. Mm -hmm. That's oh, Amazon, that. isn't it? I think. Okay, this is terrible. I saw that and I wanted to watch it, but when I saw she's played by Hillary Swank, for some <laughs> reason I don't like Hillary Swank. <laughs> that oh, was the no. line. You were like Hillary Swank like, now. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to give it a try though on your recommendation, and I, also because I have no reason not to like Hillary Swank, I gotta stop it. There you go. Exactly. Give her a chance. Give a girl a chance. Yeah, I will. <laughs> it's really good. Have you, have all you guys ladies are in it that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Did you guys happen to watch the the film that came out? I think about five years ago called Suffragette. It was about the suffrage yes. movement in England. Yeah. It was so good. 
It was very good. And what what I didn't um, realize, and I'm bringing this up because you mentioned that that she went to England mm -hmm. and did her thing in England. Um, I didn't never realize just how much, in terms of human rights, women didn't have. I mean, it wasn't just the vote that they were really trying to get. It was right. really a women's civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And um, it was to own know, property. Fact, it was to get right. divorced. It was to and, have custody of your kids. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, these, right. And so yeah. these women who were in the suffrage movement, while they may have been let out of prison eventually or whatever, whatever, you know, a lot of them, you know, lost their families because the husbands were like, I'm done with you mm -hmm. and don't even think about coming and visiting the children. Right. Yeah. You know, and so when you think about, you know, it's not just, I mean, feeding tubes up noses is, is mm -hmm. horrifying enough. Yeah. But to think that someone, that, that your own family or your own husband might be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're done. You've lost everything now. Yes. Everything. Yeah. You know, and, and so that, I mean, talking about what, what hill you're willing to die on. Yeah. You know. If you've um, got nothing else, if you can, you know, lend yourself right. to the cause, you've got no home, no kids. This exactly. vote needs to happen. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. I always wanted to know more about Alice Paul. Um, so I appreciate you digging into some Alice mm -hmm. Paul, and I'm sure it's the scratching of the surface of a 92 yeah. year, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, life fight. So mm -hmm. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Do anybody have any more questions for Bonnie? Uh, for Bonnie? Yes. Do anybody have questions for Bonnie? Let's put Bonnie on the phone. Bonnie knows all the suffrage things. Exactly. So, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> Bonnie's only been working on this stuff for like three years now. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, to go off the idea that she suffered all these health ailments as a result yeah. of being jailed, I noticed in these other women's biographies, they would have other long-term health problems yeah. from, I don't know if it was, not all of them did the, had to suffer the force feeding, but just mm -hmm. the endurance they had to have. I mean, Bonnie yeah. was talking about the marches they would do, mm -hmm. or I mean, the clothing they wore wasn't very helpful right. for <laughs> this public speaking. And it just seemed like there were all these extra layers on top of it. And I mean, this is a time before yeah. air conditioning and you're packing hundreds yeah. and thousands of people into halls and, and you're wearing a whale boned corset sometimes. Oh yeah. my goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the silent sentinels, they would stand in front of the white house. It was like, I think more than a year, they would do it every day, except for Sunday. They would, um, so the women at the national women's party would heat up bricks for them to stand on. Because oh, wow. it was cold. Um, they talked about them sharing one one really warm coat. Aww. They would um, ask for donations of, like, so they'd be wearing two or three coats to mm -hmm. try and keep oh, them warm. Wow. They would take shifts. Mm -hmm. Well, and they were also assaulted, like you were talking about in the parade. They had things thrown at them. <laughs> they yeah. had their hair ripped and apart. In, in jail, yeah. the Night of Terror, they had... Um, one of the times where a big group of them got arrested, I believe, and in the fall um, with Lucy Burns and an older lady, like they were just not happening anymore. They um, chained uh, Lucy Burns up to the, they had her arms chained up all night. 
to the jail cell. Oh, goodness. And she had to just stand there. Right. They, they had, mess up a circulatory system for sure. They yeah. beat, um, they, they hit one of the, the older protesters, uh, older woman, and she collapsed and they were all in their individual cells. They thought, they spent the whole night, they thought she died. Oh gosh, yeah. Like they thought that she had had a heart attack and died. Yeah. Oh, fun. But she was actually okay? She was okay. She but lives. still, going through that night of, you know, they might, uh, she might not have made it. Yeah. My goodness. Well, on that miraculous yes. note. <laughs> Appreciate your right to vote, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week as our next gal pal shares her one cool suffrage thing as Gal's Guide to the Galaxy podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.